Welcome to Ghostly. Did the Salem witch trials cause the town to be haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. Rebecca, what's been going on since the Robert the Doll episode? I heard something about a crow. Yeah, nothing good. Nothing good? Yeah, you need to apologize to Robert the Doll. No, 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 no. Lots of bad luck. Okay. Things happening. Well, let's talk about the crow. All right. So... Not just one crow. Okay. So I come into the kitchen um, and I look out my back door, like a glass door, patio door, door, right? Sliding door. And on the little ledge right outside the door is a crow and he is cawing and looking inside the house Mm. and like in in a state and then as what state? I, like Massachusetts? A, <laughs> like a panicky state. And when I when I get over there closer, he starts tapping on the glass with his beak and not going away. Like I'm I'm there and he's like still doing it. And then I look out the door and now I I've got like a murder of crows that hang out in the neighborhood. <laughs> and they're all hanging out on my patio, like sitting on the table, sitting on the umbrella, like whatever, just hanging around. And they're all intent on whatever it is that they think they Were they see. all looking in? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like- So what did you do? Okay. So again, wasn't going away from me just being there. So I went and I closed the blinds. And what? that freaked them. So you treated they, them like a like a traveling vacuum cleaner salesman, basically. Well, I as want Bob them, said, I didn't. I don't want them to like hurt hurt his beak. Like I, you know, you hear about that with birds. Um, but you know, now I'm worried that I'm on their bad list because you know crows have memories, and uh, I, I I'm, I'm a little careful when I go outside. <laughs> Making yeah. sure they don't attack me. Now, now, how about you? Anything weird happen? Uh, I had one day. Uh, now, I have heartburn like most Americans nowadays do. <laughs> and I take a Nexium every day for it. Um, Nexium is not a sponsor of Ghostly, but they could be. They if could they be, would like if they to. wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, and I took my Nexium in the morning like I always do. But at night, I still had a pretty severe case of heartburn. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, exactly. But then it went away and everything's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have some shout outs. Uh, there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer the five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to either buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or by going to our website, ghostlypodcast.com, and hitting the buy us a coffee button in the menu. Or you could even become a member on Buy Me a Coffee. And we're working on member benefits. Yes. So if you have any ideas of any member benefits, let us know what you would like to have. Yeah. Uh, So we have both of those. 
So do you want to read the the first one for us? Sure. You want me to do the, uh, the buy me a coffee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, Jessica Perone bought us two coffees. Thank Aww, you, Jessica. Oh, that was so nice. And then we have Erin Bond, Mm -hmm. which uh, she is a member of Ghostly Society that we love talking to. Uh, She bought us a coffee. And my best friend, Nina, bought us a coffee as well. Very, very sweet. Thank you. Thank you to all of you. And then we had a Apple podcast review from One Section Leader One. Nice. Yeah, the double ones. I, I always like that. Uh, spooky fun with the ghost emoji. I can figure out what that emoji means. <laughs> uh, so the review says, not only is this podcast interesting because I learn a, a lot about the history of places, people, and their experiences, but listening to Rebecca and Pat debate for and against these ghostly haunting supernatural phenomena is so entertaining. I definitely am hashtag team skeptic, but sometimes... Enough evidence back-to-back are no longer just coincidences. As Bugs Bunny says, that's all, folks. It's more appropriate to leave with a stay spooked, folks. And that's from Anastasia. I love it. uh, Maybe that's a new uh, closing. Stay spooked, folks. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. We're going to play around with it. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for that review. Yes, and thanks for the coffee, I mean, we're just, we're really, we're really lucky. Yeah, we really are. And that's even after Robert the Doll. Right. So Robert the Doll brought about some good luck. (laughs) Even though I never asked permission. Well, I asked permission, so I don't know what's going on. I rescinded that permission. (laughs) So do we have any listener mail? We do have listener mail. Okay. Um, As always, we get so... We get we we've gotten so many good ones and keep sending them. We just got one right before we're recording. Um, I love them. I love them. I love them. Uh, and I, uh, you know what? Uh, there's a few of you out there that I have sent emails asking for permission to share your story. So if you got one of those and you want us to share it, please let us know. Um, and or just include it when you send the story that it's okay for us to yeah. share it. You know, I mean, I you you can also just send us a story and say I don't want this to be shared, but I'd like you to hear it. I'm happy with that too. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, this is actually one. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I try to do things in order, <laughs> but this one got to jump the queue because it relates a little bit um, mm. to a story that we talk about in this episode. That's not. It's not an official story that we're talking about in this episode, but we're just going to mention it because we have to. And this person sent us multiple stories. Multiple right? stories. I can't wait. So exciting. So this is an anonymous. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and you can be anonymous. We don't mind that. Yeah, absolutely. Just let us know. Okay, my first ghost story is from my mother. When my mom was around five or six years old, she had an encounter with a ghost. It was nighttime, and of course, it was raining outside. My mom was trying to fall asleep, but she could not because of lightning. She decided to look out the window and watch the rain. After a while of watching the rain, lightning struck right outside her window. Wow. Right where the lightning struck was a man standing there staring at my mom. Lightning struck again and he was gone. My mom ran to her parents' room crying and asking if she could sleep with them. She told them what happened, but they did not believe her. She went back to bed terrified. When she woke up in the morning, she realized it was just a dream. 
But when she went outside, she saw footsteps in the mud up to her window and stopping at the spot where the lightning hit. Wow. That's like a dun dun dun. It's like a it's like a like a song or something. Like I don't even it's so mm. creepy or like a Stephen King book or maybe more Dean Dean Koontz. Seems Can like you a sing Dean. that song? When lightning struck outside my window. We need Mondo back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good <laughs> at making up songs. Um but yeah, super creepy. Wow. Well, thank you anonymous. Yes, thank you. And if you have a story to send to us, again, Love to hear them. Uh, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or just use the contact form on ghostlypodcast.com. Uh, you can also send us actual mail. We love actual mail at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Uh, and if you've forgotten all of those things, just go to ghostlypodcast.com. And it's all right there. In the footer. In the footer. Yeah, we the have it right the there in the footer on every page. You can just scroll to the bottom. Um, so we don't need to do the polls because we all know that I won this one because uh, Robert the Doll is not haunted. Nope. We definitely need to take a stop here uh, at the I polls. Don't, I don't want to. You know, we got to close the loop oh. on the Robert the Doll episode because Robert needs to know that 79.2% of ghostly listeners believe that Robert the Doll is hmm. haunted. Only 20.8% are deniers and good wow. luck to those of you who voted no. <laughs> Robert's not going to get you people. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Robert didn't get us. He just sent some crows our way. <laughs> All right. So this episode is about the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. As someone who is considered as a pagan or a witch, it was like my version of the, of the Wailing Wall to visit Salem. Okay. So you... Okay, so you at the time you visited Salem yes. considered yourself. Yeah, this was 20 years ago and I was I still considered myself a pagan and I would say I was a witch. Yeah. Okay. Um and the Wailing Wall uh for Jewish people is a place that they have to go to to pay homage and, you know. Yeah, or the Taj um, Mahal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to me, Salem was my version of the Wailing Wall. Okay. It was like a place I had to go. And it was like a rite of passage kind of thing. So I did. And when I got there, I was surprised to see all the shops named after some kind of witchy thing. And the police cars had like witches on their logo. <laughs> They've embraced it, is what you're saying. Uh, well, I felt a little disgusted. Like they exploited the heinous acts of the founders of Salem. Mm. Uh, and throughout the years, that feeling has lessened, though, I have to say, um, because I was just happy that people were going to Salem and learning about this part of our nation's really, really dark history. Uh, I often feel that learning our history keeps us from recreating that history all over again. But I, I don't know now because um, of everything going on in the world, you know, the world is still full of hate and disdain for people that are different than ourselves. And, and I don't know if that will ever end. Mm. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about that history and examine the idea that some of these supposed witches are actually still there haunting us. Yep. I don't believe it, but Rebecca's <laughs> going to give us proof of that. And we're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we got an email from a good friend of the show, Jacob Mayfield. 
and he was actually going to Salem right before we were recording our episode. So we thought it would be a great idea to have him come back and not only talk about Salem, but to revisit some of his New Year's predictions for Ghostly. Yep. Pause right now. If you haven't listened to our New Year's prediction episode, it is fantastic and you should check it out. Jacob is fantastic. Jacob is fantastic. And I knew as soon as he said he was going to Salem, he was going to bring us amazing information back. And he did. Absolutely. So here is our talk with Jacob Mayfield. All right, Jacob Mayfield, welcome back to Ghostly. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Rebecca. It's so good to hear you. Oh, it's so good to hear you. <laughs> wow. It's been like six months since you've been on Ghostly. And uh, yeah, and we've been thinking about your predictions like this whole time. Yeah. And then uh, and then and then Jacob reached out to us uh, about his trip to Salem after he heard we were going or we were doing an episode, I should say. And uh Super excited. It's like all together. Yeah. So we get to talk about yeah. everything and catch up and very exciting. You know, it's so funny. So I'm sure like many podcast listeners, I'm always listening at random times. So I'm doing the dishes. I'm about to leave for Salem in like two days. Huh. And as I'm like, you know, using the scouring pad, I'm like, they should do an episode on Salem. That'd be so interesting. And <laughs> moments later, you're like, we're doing a Salem episode. I'm like, oh. so I had to email. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so meant to be. Well, you, you know? predicted the episode then. I, right? <laughs> and I want to talk about my predictions. First thing, I have a correction. Oh. Now, I don't know how much, I assume you've received a lot of mail about this, but <laughs> I mentioned, because I went back and I listened, um, I said that tarot dated back to the 14th century. It dates back to the 15th century. Oh. I assume you received many complaints Oh, yeah, about of, this. of course, several. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I heard it and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, nah, it's okay. It's okay. Well, I mean, I'm so sure I there was some form of, of it prior to that that you were just explaining because you knew about it. <laughs> you know, I, going into the recess of, you know, the general unknown. <laughs> um, one thing that came up in the Astrogalomancy reading was the number four. And I'm curious, has four popped up for you this year, uh, personally or in Ghostly? That's a good question. Not that I can recall. That's one of, you know, it, it hasn't been on my mind. That doesn't mean that it hasn't, but I, yeah, interesting. That's okay. I was just curious. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, we April also- was a good month. True, true, true. <laughs> um, we also talked about letters coming in. How how the fan true. letters, email, physical, what's the mail been like at Ghostly headquarters? Physical mail, right after the episode, we had a couple of um, mm-hmm. actual physical mails. Uh, so that's always great. We love to, we love to get them. And, um, but, you know, Rebecca kind of made this connection um, that she believes that maybe it was just a DM. I mean, mail today is different, right? I mean, you know, yeah. most people do not send um physical letters. And so to me, electronic direct mail is mail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's different than yeah. like a comment on Facebook, right? Like, but actually sending a direct message to somebody is mail. Now, wait, April, April, four, mm-hmm. big month. Also, Pat, so got a Twitter direct message oh. from Rain Wilson. 
Yeah. I'm going to talk about <laughs> this Mr. Wilson. <laughs> so in the reading, I said, you're going to have guests from far off locations. Mm-hmm. You're going to have interesting guests. And we saw a joker in your future and a fool Ooh. in the future for everyone. What do you what do you two make of this? I think that feels it, quite accurate. It feels very mind. accurate to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, it could have been could have been anybody. But I mean, Rain Wilson, I mean, what a that to me is a coincidence, I would say. But I mean, you kind of called it. No, yeah. To me, it's it was it's amazing. Uh, and it was it was such a an out of the blue thing. It wasn't something that we sought. Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't. It was a true like out of the blue piece of mail in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Direct mail yeah. that came to us <laughs> from uh yes from a fool, a joker, a fun you know Terry Carnation. Um, and uh, and it w- and it, it's funny because we almost didn't we almost didn't even. Like think it was real, you know. So, like, yeah. uh, but your prediction. I should yeah. mention while listening to that, I'm trying to think at what point I realized Terry Carnation wasn't a real person. Because <laughs> 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 at first I'm listening, I'm like, was this someone from coast to coast? Like, yeah. And then kinda. there's like a point where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in a disaster, aren't I? And then, although not a prediction, the songs that have been coming in the debate song the rebecca song mm-hmm. yeah like not a prediction but it makes my heart feel so good <laughs> I, I love hearing it it's like a dream come true ah uh, that's um, good so yeah if you have not if you're listening and you haven't listened to the new year's prediction episode go back give it a listen we're curious your thoughts there's you know there's six months left in the year yeah so, right and there were some individual predictions I think you I feel like you made right for for yeah, Pat I and I. Yeah, I was going to so. be enjoying the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I need to win some more uh these debates. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, it was, it was super fun. I love I'm glad we caught up. I think we had said we were going to check in after 3 months. So sorry everybody, it's been 6 months, but I'm glad that we're doing it and uh and and I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the the year with it so yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and i'm really excited to hear about your trip to salem yes so i wanted to go over some travel tips some things i saw my first travel tip i was so frustrated because i was like you know what i should bring to salem is my ghostly shirt and then i can take a picture of myself wearing the ghostly shirt in salem i realized i did not have a ghostly shirt what so after this interview, I'm ordering one. And <gasps> well, if you if you do not have a ghostly shirt listener, think about how <laughs> cool that would be to go to a haunted location. You have your ghostly shirt. You take a picture. You yeah. put it in the Facebook group. I was so crushed knowing uh, I didn't have one. I was like, no. Well, we are so, crushed yeah. that we have not sent you a shirt. Yeah, how have we laughed We're definitely on sending that? you one. We sent Rain Wilson oh. one. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I when I'm as famous as Rain Wilson, that I will demand t-shirts. But I, I got this one. Uh, when, uh, I, when I'm on a sitcom, you can send me a free one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if anyone has ever done that. I just thought that was such a cool idea, and I was like, literally, like crushed at that moment, being like, "There's no way it will arrive in time." This would have been because uh, lots of people in Salem are interested in like spooky podcasts. I'm like, "Oh, this would have been so." Ah, if you're traveling and you don't have a ghostly shirt and you're going somewhere ghostly, 
like what a cool thing to bring right oh that definitely we would, would love it yeah that that's uh and then put it on that social media yeah i just right? i just wear mine to doctor's appointments <laughs> so i don't really get many listeners from that uh, but you do get listeners <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and the ones who do quite educated yes yeah, absolutely. Um, there you go. absolutely um other salem tips if you decide to go is if it's possible stay in salem so it's a really mm. small town and it's very walkable um, and really, this is a great moment to sit down with a map as you're planning your trip, because if you have a short amount of time, you don't want to be zigzagging unnecessarily, which is very easy to do mm. in Salem. Okay. Um, but we were able to stay in like Salem proper. And with the exception of going to um, Marblehead, which is a town next to Salem where there's a very old cemetery, mm -hmm. we never needed the car. Oh, so, okay. That's awesome. Nice. Okay, that's really well, good. I went, I went to Salem, you know, back 20 years ago, and uh, I was actually, I went, went up to Toronto, went through Niagara, came back through New York, and wanted to go to Salem. I had this big thing and didn't make hotel reservations. I figured when I got there, I would just find a hotel. Did not find a hotel. <laughs> so, so make hotel reservations. In advance. Yes. Okay. When did you go, Pat? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it was, uh, it was like exactly 20 years ago. So like, oh, wow. 20, 2002, 2001, something like that. Yeah, something. Okay. I don't remember. Early, I don't remember early the exact Early 2000s. Year. There we go. Yeah. But do you remember like, was it in autumn? Was it oh, in summer? Oh, year. It yeah, was, time of year, I'm sorry. It was in summer, I want to say. So this actually leads into my next travel tip, which is if you're going to go around September or October, you need to book a year out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did um, see they have like a big Halloween thing, right? Oh, oh yes, Rebecca. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So I did some Googling because I wanted to check the statistics on this. About half a million people visit in October. Wow. Oh, wow. So Pat and Rebecca, I'm gonna put you on the spot. How <laughs> many people what do you think the population of Salem is? Like approximately? Ooh. I'm gonna say sixty thousand. I'm gonna say okay. thirty thousand. Forty three thousand. I always wow. go under. Always go wow. under. I do not watch the prices right. But I went over though, so that means yeah. I don't win. Right. Again. Exactly. I don't win. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's I mean, that's insane to think about village, that. That's, that's nuts. It brings in approximately 30% of their tourism dollars. And their tourism industry is $140 million a year. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Which, like when you go there, because it's, you know, it's a, a town from the 1600s, it's not big. So to think that they could do $140 million in, in just tourism yeah. is bonkers um <laughs> and then a restaurant recommendation is there's a place called flying saucer pizza company oh, um nice. not what i was expecting it's, <laughs> right it's sci-fi themed um and there's lots of great places like there's a sea level oyster bar there's lots of great places for seafood because it's a you know it's a port town it's it's in you know it's on the ocean um but it's very beloved by locals by tourists and it's one of like the highest rated pizza places in the country. So if you wow. go on like different pizza blogs, it it always ranks really 
pie. Oh. There's very good pizza. Okay. Yeah. And Ben I is mean, a Chicagoan. Also, to yeah, say you're from that. Chicagoland area. I know. So. I mean, which is, and they weren't deep dish, which already I'm like. Uh. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? Some, yeah. I think it's a misconception. Most of the time, Chicagoans, we do not eat deep dish pizza. Or Chicago. I eat style it every pizza. day. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Most of the time yeah. when we order pizza, it's just <laughs> regular pizza, but it's awesome. Uh and it's cut in squares. Yeah. Because that's how you eat pizza. But obviously we do like the Chicago style deep dish pizza too. Absolutely. Um, but lots of vegetarian options too, which is great. But I also I wanted to pick a Pat recommendation and a Rebecca one. Ooh, Ooh I like so, that. You know, my recommendation for Pat would be there. There are so many walking tours in Salem that selecting one can be overwhelming. Mm. And we went on one called the Bewitched Tour. And the um, woman who was our tour guide was exceptional. She had her master's in history. It was really like so well done. It was a two hour tour. um, And it was in no way paranormal. It was just historical. Oh, I would love um, like, it. Very rich. Um, and I, I think a nice balance to some of the more kitschy stuff that you can do in Salem. And there's lots of fun, like, kitschy stuff. Um, mm. And my Rebecca recommendation would be to visit the House of the Seven Gables. <gasps> right? Because I know you're also a book nerd. Yes. Have you ever read the actual book? I haven't. I, it's, it's, I'm embarrassed, but I haven't. But I, I'll loan you a copy. Yes. Like, it's fine. Yeah, there's one book it, you haven't read, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is really sad that I haven't. But anyways, yes. Tell me more. So it's really, in, in, first of all, it's this beautiful mansion. Um, and it's famous for a secret staircase Ooh. that has a very complicated history. So the Nathaniel Hawthorne novel um, was published in 1851. And then the person who owned the house after the Ingersoll family m- made it into like a historical landmark, like a, mm-hmm. like a tourist destination. And in doing so, the history of the house gets very complicated. Um, and actually the tour itself is very complicated. The like the history, kind of how it's morphed. And I'm just gonna give you a source on this, because this could be like a two-hour episode just on this house. Wow. Um, there's a book called Ghostland by Colin Dickey. Have either of you read this yet? No, but it sounds familiar to me. It does to me too. It is it's exceptional. At the outset yeah. of the book, he's like, We're not gonna debate if ghosts are real or not. We're just going to spend a chapter on each location and we're going to dig really deep into the history, the culture of it, why people visit and just kind of like take a really rich look at it. Um, And he talks about this, this mansion a lot um, because it kind of became like a tourist destination, you know, Mm -hmm. 150 years ago. Wow. So it's. It's yeah. very unique. It's very interesting. And th- those are my travel tips. I love both of those. Yeah, I, I would love both of them, too. Yeah. yeah. And and they definitely sound, um, I don't know, I, I like to think that our ghostly listeners are a little scholarly. You know, yeah. we like to learn. Um, and both of those sound like opportunities for that. And, you know, a little ghosty, a little secret staircase I like it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. So um, when you were in Salem, though, did you have any like paranormal experiences or psychic experiences? Great question. So I did not experience anything haunted, but it definitely feels haunted, but I did have an interesting psychic experience. Oh, great. Um, So when you go to Salem, 
it is very easy to get a psychic reading. Like, pretty much every business downtown also has a psychic reader. <laughs> and they're, I, they're all named something to do with witches and stuff. I, yeah. I mean, this town's tourism industry has leaned into the witch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, which is interesting because historically there have been times where they've really tried to erase any trace of it. Um, like Nathaniel Hawthorne, one of his relatives was a judge. So he added a W to his name to further remove himself from his family's oh, wow. like mm. ill doing in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. So very anyway, so I'm in this store and there's a door and it has like a little sign on it. And I lean over and I'm reading the sign on the door and then smack the door opens and it like it hits me in the face. Um, and it's a psychic. Wow. <laughs> and we both kind of and we pause and she's like, Are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I was just I was reading this. Um, you know, I'm so embarrassed. She's like, Oh, it's fine. And there's this moment where we both pause and we just kind of look at each other. And I'm thinking, is she gonna make the joke or am I gonna make it? And mm-hmm. she says, You'd think I would have seen that coming being a psychic. And then she just like walked away. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um but very fun. I mean, so many haunted locations. Uh, locations. I'm sure you're going to talk about. So yeah, that was my mini experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I now. What now? I'm just trying to think. What yeah. would be Jacob Mayfield's Salem psychic name? Like, what oh. would you go by if you had a a, a table? On, I think Mayfield works really well. But yeah. well, but like, well, yes. May, so may, like the may, mystical Mayfield. Mystical Ooh, Mayfield. Nice. I like that. I like that. If um, any listeners have any uh, other ideas, they should definitely let us know. Yeah. But. Oh, totally sure. <laughs> it's, it's interesting the different flavors of psychic because there's so many. Um, I had a reading with an individual who I would describe as looking like a librarian. Okay. It was very nice. Mm. Um, didn't look particularly new age or or spooky or anything. like she just looked like you know mm-hmm. any gal you might meet at a barnes and noble um the woman who hit me with the door by accident was wearing like a red like dress and like was very like done up and like very mm. theatrical so i think there's there's different things for what you want to experience i was very pleased with the reading i got um you know yeah. different different things for different people now did yeah. you tell her that you also do readings or do you stay away from that? Okay. <laughs> I did. Um, because I didn't want it to be like a test. Um, right. But I had a very enjoyable experience and she was exceptional, like very accurate. Um, oh, good. One of the most accurate readings I have I think I've ever had, which was very like, huh. I was just kind of ready for whatever, you know? Well, mm. you know, but that just goes, um, <laughs> that, that shows uh, don't go by appearances. You know, you don't necessarily need to go to the one that looks like the most, you know, flowy gown what i mean not that they that is bad but you know could be somebody that looks like someone that works at barnes and noble yeah give you a great reading i i had a really good reading in new orleans on uh samhain uh on Mm. halloween Ah. yeah so it was like the perfect timing for this kind of reading i think it just makes us more susceptible to it you know more more open to that idea Oh, totally. I think location has a lot to do with the experience. Sure. You know, a, a reading, you know, on Halloween in New Orleans 
even if it was the same reading in a Denny's parking lot, it's just going to feel a little more special. <laughs> Nothing against Denny's, but it's going to feel more special in New Orleans on Halloween compared to, you know, Definitely, February yeah. 3rd. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I, you know, I have to say just listening to all of this, uh, not that mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to Salem before, um, but now it really makes me want to go to Salem. You have to go. And it, Rebecca, and it sounds like a, it. and it sounds like a reasonable trip. I mean, obviously, you could combine it with going to other places out, you know, out east mm-hmm. and all of that. But, you know, it seems like something you could do in a long weekend or a little, you know, well, I, I had no idea just how far away it is from, like, Chicago. Like, if you look at a map, it's like, okay, that doesn't seem too far. It's like 20 hours away driving. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it, why you fly. It's a, yeah, that's why you fly. And <laughs> I'm talking on an airplane pad. Yeah. Oh, not a broom <laughs> or anything. Not a broom. But... You know, it's a very, if you're leaving from Chicago, it's a very fast flight and you just fly into Boston and then it's like maybe a 40 minute drive. So, okay. Very easy to get to. I was surprised by the things I learned on the trip. So, as a very type A person, I like researched so much for this trip. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you two do that, like when you travel, if you do like, like too extensive of research. Um, as if like a tour guide will like fall over and they'll be like, is there anyone here who can conduct the tour? And I'm like, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) But I was amazed at the things I learned um, preparing or when I was in Salem. So one of the first things that really surprised me was the major kind of modern event that brought tourism to Salem was the show Bewitched. What? Yeah. So there was a fire on the studio set in Hollywood So for their seventh season, they had to film somewhere else. So the first eight episodes of that season was called the Salem Saga. And they did some of it on location in Salem. And then they did some on um, like Hollywood, like sound stages. Mm -hmm. But after that, you know, because America had been watching it for eight episodes and, you know, fewer channels, like a lot of people were watching really what in a lot of ways is an advertisement. Um, It brought huge amounts of tourism to Salem. And there's actually a statue of Elizabeth Montgomery in Salem. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love Bewitched. Now I need to go. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) I need to go check out those episodes though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't remember that. They're exceptionally bad. Oh, Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Yeah. You said what, what, what year was it? How many seasons? So it's season. Anyway, I'm sure it it wasn't at the beginning. (laughs) No, it was um, season seven. And I think it was like around 1970. Um, But they're, they're all ridiculous. I mean, in such like a sitcom TV of that era way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my favorite is, and I'd forgotten about because I didn't watch Bewitch in ages. She has a, it's like an evil cousin who is Elizabeth Montgomery in a black wig. Oh yeah. Course. I remember that. She makes a whole bunch of appearance. It's, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. yeah. It's a good nice, time. nice. But that's so interesting. Okay. <laughs> 70s um, TV. So, it's just amazing. Oh, it's a magical place. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> um, something else I thought was interesting, which I didn't know until I got there, was it's Salem's the birthplace of the National Guard. Oh, wow. Whoa. Um, so it started in 1637 in Salem, and then it became like the official birthplace in 2013. Um, huh. But that's like a big part of their, their heritage. Okay. Wow. Um, the only place that you can visit that was still standing from the witch trials is called the witch house. 
And it was built in the first half of the 17th century uh, by Judge Jonathan Corwin, who was one of the judges in the trials. And it's the only place that's still standing. A lot of other places had been torn down because, you know, mm -hmm. hundreds of years of decay. Uh, but also there are different times through history and a lot of historians have like debated about this and written essays and done podcasts and things about when Salem has tried to kind of eradicate its witch history. Mm. I was talking to a Salem local um, who was like in his, I would say like mid seventies, upper seventies. And I said, out of curiosity, what's tourism been like in your lifetime? Like, what was it like when you were like a kid? And he said, when I was a kid, Halloween in Salem was like Halloween in any town in America. Wow. If you went up to someone on the street and you said, tell me about the witch trials, they would have just walked away. Oh, wow. And he said, and then the uh, witch from Hollywood came and they filmed some shows. And then there was also an influx after that of different people coming to Salem and opening up new age stores and witchcraft stores. And it kind of like ballooned from there. But he said, like, when I was a kid, Halloween was just Halloween, like nothing wow. particularly special. Interesting. Well, I bet, you know, uh, in the 60s mm -hmm. and 70s, they probably had a spike in tourism because um, paganism really um, like surfaced again, whereas people that were pagan before that were kind of in the broom closet, they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I would imagine then it was a little spike, but as the years go on, um, paganism has spread and people people are embracing it and learning more about it. So I would definitely say that people um, have gone there more often. Like that's the reason why I went. I went to learn, I was a pagan, so I went to learn my history. You know, and it's interesting just how much kind of new age culture has transformed in the last like 50 years. Sure. Um, you know, I remember as a kid going into like a Borders, date in myself moment. Mm -hmm. And if you went to the new age section, there might be two tarot decks. Mm -hmm. um, but I was in, um, I was in a Barnes and Noble yesterday and there was an entire shelf of probably 40 different tarot. Oh, decks. wow. Oh yeah. Like it was huge. And the, I always thought this is so interesting. So the section when I was like a kid was new age or like in religion mm -hmm. and it was labeled, I want to say self-transformation. Nice. So like a very different labeling and even just the history of Halloween. Um, I don't know if, if you're a listener, if you've done like research and like how Halloween has mm -hmm. progressed and changed yeah. in the United States, but its popularity has really skyrocketed in like the last 50 years. Yes. You know, it's yeah. totally different than it was when I think of like my grandparents, when they were growing up, what Halloween was and what it was for adults and even just commercially, you know, completely different now, like a, in some ways probably doesn't even look similar. Yeah. It's definitely my favorite holiday. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it used to be really, uh, yeah, yeah. Very different. And so that, yeah, the person you talked to, you know, he's probably grown up in the forties and fifties. And so, yeah, it wasn't, the same, you know, yeah. I mean, it was starting to to become, you know, what we think of as Halloween. But but that is interesting that Salem has tried to deny their their history at, at points, um, understandably. And yeah. then at, a, yeah. at a, then at a certain point, you're like, all right, let's just embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Um, and I don't think I realized how horrific the witch trials were until I went there. We were able to was able to go to museums, really read a lot more, 
Um, I think kind of what I had, you know, read in high school when I read The Crucible was like a very quick glossed, you know, partially fictitious overview. Mm -hmm. Um, But the details of some of the trials are so um, horrific. It definitely makes sense why they would, you know, want to distance themselves. And then after so much time has passed. The last totally random thing I learned about then when I was there was that the Parker brothers as in like Monopoly and Clue and the Ouija board Parker Brothers uh-huh. were from Salem and founded their company what? in Salem. That's where it was originally from. Oh, wow. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. So they used to, and actually there's an amazing, um, it's called the Salem Witch Board Museum and it's like a Ouija board, talking board museum. Oh my um, God. But I want to say they manufactured Ouija boards in Salem for years. Wow. wow. Who would have yeah. thought? I mean, that's wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you for bringing the interesting facts. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. Cat> facts. <laughs> Cat facts. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, okay. So thank you so much for that. Again, I, I, you've made me excited to go. Um, and I'm very excited for all these, uh, fun, um, interesting facts and information, um, that, uh, I, I don't think we would have known if you hadn't gone. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, um, hey, why don't you give us an update on you and what you're doing? Um, you know, kind of as we are coming out a little bit more into the world. Yeah, just a really fast update. You can still follow me on Instagram at Mayfield Magic, made like the month, field like a field of flowers, at Mayfield Magic. And of course, you can always contact me through my website, MayfieldMagic.com. Definitely going out doing more live in person events and shows now. But it wouldn't be a ghostly appearance without a, you know, a contest or a giveaway. Ah, you always, awesome. you always are so good about that. Mm-hmm. I love the contest. What can I say? <laughs> um, so just like the contest that I've done before, um, this is for a free 20 minute palm or tarot reading through Zoom. So you can be anywhere in the world and still win. You don't have to be in the Chicago land. Area. Okay. So this is what you have to do to win. You're going to go on Instagram, find me at Mayfield Magic, and you're going to find my ghostly Salem post. And you'll see the ghostly logo and you'll see some other Salem artwork. Like it, follow me, and just comment on the post, something that you like from the episodes, so like a favorite part or something you found interesting, maybe like a random fact. And then a week from today, I'm going to select a name at random out of a hat. And then I'll contact that person and they'll get a free 20 minute palm and tarot reading via zoom and that's it oh that's so awesome fantastic man i know i know the last person that had a reading from you she she was uh she came on ghostly society and talked about it and she she had a great time yeah it was a super fun reading (laughs) yeah so definitely you guys got to get out there and and follow him and comment on his post and i mean you have a chance to win and a pretty good chance too so might as well do it. Absolutely. And it's okay if they've are if they're already following you, if they just go and like the post. Does that count? Yep. Okay. Totally counts. But follow, like, comment. And last time I think we had maybe ten people enter. So it was a one like very good odds. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For a free reading. That's just amazing. It is. Yeah. And if you are interested in booking a 20, a 40 or a 60 minute reading, of course, you can always direct message me through Instagram or email me through my website. And of course, we can always have a reading that way, too, as well. 
Very exciting. And then this way, too, if they follow you, then they'll find uh, Mm -hmm. out all the information for any upcoming shows. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Pat and Rebecca. I I always love my time on Ghostly. I'm so excited to buy my Ghostly shirt so I can have it for all my travels. And I'll see you and your, well, I'll hear you and your listeners later. Bye for now. (laughs) Take care, Jacob. Bye. All right, Rebecca, that brings us to your ghost story. Yeah. So, again, thank you, Jacob. That was all amazing information. It was. Man, I love having him on the show. He's so great. All right. So, uh, yes, here is my story. I'm sure everyone has heard of Salem, Massachusetts. I mean, it's one of the most infamous places in the United States. Such horrific things happened here. There's no wonder that a town like this would try to hide its history over the years, but it seems like now they've learned to just embrace it. And my experience there tells me that there really wasn't any other choice for them. There's just too much going on to be ignored. I traveled there a few weeks ago with some friends and we had a great time. We went on several great tours, both history and ghostly. But the story of what happened to me was when we went to dinner. We decided to check out a new seafood restaurant called Turner's. It had great reviews and you can't visit the East Coast without eating great seafood. But we didn't know what else we were going to get here. First, the food was amazing. I had lobster bisque and it was unbelievable and the crab cakes were beyond my expectations. But what happened after dinner is something I will probably remember even longer than the food. I needed to visit the ladies' room after we ate. As I was walking through the restaurant on my way back to the table, I glanced at the mirrored wall behind the diners in front of me. I had to do a double take. I saw this beautiful woman in white in a flowing gown that looked very old. Nothing fancy, just simple. And she was just staring at, well, I couldn't tell. It was just a quick glance, but something was off. I I just thought she didn't look real. But when I turned around to see her, like see who was being reflected, thinking maybe it was an actor they hired to make some Salem witch trial connection. But when I turned around, she was gone. I didn't see her. I looked quickly back at the mirror and all I could see was a slight shimmer in the air where she had been but no woman. It was disconcerting to say the least. I had no idea if what I saw was real or just some trick of the eye, but I didn't think that was it. She looked so real. I made it back to the table and I couldn't shake what I had seen. Our server came to drop off the bill and I had to ask her about it. My friends thought I was crazy just seeing things, but I wasn't so sure. When I told our server the story, she went white. Really? You saw her? She asked. I nodded. That is Bridget Bishop. She was the first woman to be killed during the Salem witch trials. And she used to own the land this place is built on. She haunts this place. Two people who started working here have seen her in the mirrors. (laughs) And two of them quit. 
We have also had a mess with our electrical equipment. It's scary. If I didn't need this job, I'd quit too. That's my story. I can't explain it, but I saw something. And since others have too, I think it was real. All right. So you're telling me there's another woman in white? Oh, there's multiple women in white. Oh, multiple? (laughs) I I really think it's all the same woman in white just going around (laughs) to different places. So yeah, this was, I only found this little story in one place, so I have no idea how how accurate it is, but there is a restaurant called Mm. Turner's, and supposedly they see a woman, people see women in white in mirrors. Wow. And she messes with their electrics. Hmm. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the dark history of the Salem Witch Trials. Hey guys, what I've learned over the last couple years is the key to a really good podcast is two things, getting plenty of Apple podcast reviews and lots of caffeine. You can help us with both of those. Head over to Apple Podcast, write us a review, and if you feel up to it, you could even buy us a cup of coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast, or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Buy Us Coffee. You can sign up for a membership or a one-time donation to us. It would really be appreciated. for some hashtag pet facts. Pet facts! <laughs> In our episode about Drury Lane Theater, we spoke of the Puritans. Remember that, Rebecca? Yes. And although the witch trials had ended in Europe, uh, there was all kinds of like the Spanish Inquisition. It seems like every European country had their own little witch trial thing going uh, on. Yes, definitely. Uh, although it ended in Europe, the Puritans brought this crazy idea with them to Salem. Yep, so the the Europeans were like, get out of here with your craziness, Mm -hmm. and they came here. I guess so. Uh, To really understand the Salem Witch Trials, we need to take a look at Massachusetts and how it was formed. Massachusetts was founded by a bunch of Christians that wanted to create a religious community. And the people that lived there were not just held to the English law of the day, but the laws of the Bible itself. Okay. Salem had its own problems before the witch trials, though. Neighbors were constantly complaining uh, of each other and taking each other to court over land and religious disputes. Salem was a very young city during the witch trials. Europeans didn't start settling this area until around 1626, but it became a very significant area because of its seaports. Salem was a Native American village and a trading area before it was settled by the Europeans. But in 1626, the European fishermen started to take an interest in the area because of its seaport, pretty much. And that's 
pretty much the story of well everywhere in the United States. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Europeans come along and kick We're out all the Native in Americans. That. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, the name Salem comes from the Bible, and it was a city in Jerusalem. Uh, it's not a direct translation. It's like Shalem or something like that. Gotcha. But yeah, it, it's pretty much, it stems from that. Nowadays, when we think of Salem, we think of the witch trials. That's the first thing that comes to mind, right? Oh, yeah, easily. Except now that we talk to Jacob, now bewitched comes I to mind am a all, bit. Which is, you know, yeah, and a witchy things, yeah. basically. So it all started with two young girls that were cousins. We have Abigail Williams and Betty Paris. Betty's father, Samuel, was the minister of the Salem Church. They moved to Salem from Boston. Uh, Abigail had been orphaned and was staying with the Paris family. The family had a slave named Tituba and a slave named John. Before all the trials happened, a man named Cotton Mather, who was a minister in Boston North Church, began publishing pamphlets that expressed his belief in witchcraft. But not in a good way, I guess. Not like, you know, I believe that it's real, but it's not harmful. No, he he believed it in a very negative way. Cotton said that if you don't believe in witchcraft and evil spirits sent from the devil, then you really don't believe in God. He told the story of the Goodwin family that was supposedly tempted by and overtaken by the devil himself. Since back then, the Puritans believed that God saw men and women as equals, but that the devil didn't. It was believed that women were more susceptible to the devil's temptation because they were weaker in body and mind. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Rebecca? Not good. No, definitely not. But that is definitely how they thought of, you know, people back then. They they thought men were the stronger sex and stronger of mind and body. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe. So four out of the, out of the six Goodwin children began having these fits. When a doctor couldn't diagnose a problem, it was always considered witchcraft, and the doctor couldn't figure out what was causing these fits. Symptoms included neck and back pains, tongues being drawn from their throats, and loud random outcries, other symptoms including having no control over their bodies, such as becoming limber, flapping their arms like birds, or trying to harm others as well as themselves. Okay, and so they were diagnosed with uh, being affected by witchcraft, these children in Boston. Absolutely, yes. So back in Salem now, uh, Abigail and Betty started having the same fits. Betty was nine and Abigail was 11 at the time. The girls screamed. They threw things about the room. They uttered strange sounds. They crawled under furniture and contorted themselves into peculiar positions, according to the eyewitness account of Reverend Diodat Lawson, a former minister in Salem Village. The girls complained of being pinched and pricked with pins. A doctor historically assumed to be William Griggs could find no physical evidence of any ailment. So what did that mean? He couldn't find anything that would cause this behavior yeah, but what that is, was a physical But thing. what do you think he diagnosed it as? Oh, then? I'm guessing he went with witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> Other young women in the village began to exhibit similar behaviors. And when Lawson preached as a guest in the Salem Village meeting house, 
he was interrupted several times by the uh, by the outburst of the afflicted. Oh, so the girls with just like almost like a revival, you know, something, like, but not that. <laughs> yeah. Now Samuel was kind of a violent man. Uh, this is the dad, right? This was the dad. Okay. Yeah. He had been accused of beating his slave to tuba, or he somehow got a confession out of Betty and Abigail that they had all been in a circle of girls with Tituba, leading them in a fortune telling. They wanted to know who their future husbands would be and find out their careers. Did you ever do that as a young girl? Like, try to see who you were going to marry or anything? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, we had these little... Witchcraft, Rebecca. Yeah, we had these little Mm -hmm. like fortune things. They were um, cootie catchers, and what cootie catchers? They like you know you go in and out with the paper. I don't know why we called them that, but it was like I could never fold the paper to make one. I just others would do it, but whatever. Yes, very common at that age. Okay, Uh, but they used a method called a Venus glass which allowed them to observe the shape of an egg white as it floated in a glass of water. In the water, the egg white would resemble a shape or a symbol depicting their future. I like it, except the fact that Don't it led like to it, bad things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are more logical reasons the girls fell under these illnesses. One thought was uh, concluded as a compilation of disorders such as asthma, stress, epilepsy, and even boredom. Others believed it was caused by ergot in the rye, which is actually the same thing that's in LSD. Oh, okay. Um, which has been non- known to cause similar symptoms, although this has been disproven. Because here's the thing. If they had enough ergot poisoning in them, it would have killed some of the people in the town. But also, they wouldn't have these little outbreaks of this. This would be happening constantly. Sure. I mean, like if you have an infection and you're twitching from that or whatever, like it doesn't just like stop and then start. And that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to say boredom makes the most sense to me. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, Betty's other friends were also beginning to show similar symptoms of bewitching. Ooh. Griggs found it difficult to to key in on the exact cure and noticed that the victims were only children. This enabled other villagers to believe that this event was indeed brought on by witchcraft. A neighbor, Mary Sibley, recommended a witch's cake to reveal the name of the witches. She instructed Tatuba to bake a rye cake with the victim's urine and feed the cake to a dog. Dogs were believed to support witches and their supernatural powers by following the witch's request. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, without uh, alleviation of the illness, Betty eventually named Tituba as one of the evil hands. People have suggested Betty and Abigail wrote down their story before making any accusations. Um, accusations. Accusations, allowing their scenario to be more realistic. Oh, okay. So they like planned it out. They wrote out the story. They kind of knew what they were going to say. Yeah, that's what's suspected, although neither of them ever acknowledged that okay. fact. Um, in the meantime, Tatuba underwent questioning and... Other victims, such as Ann Putnam Jr. and Elizabeth Betty Hubbard, 
began to name their culprits as well. Other specified witches included Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good. They were questioned. And all three would likely have had few, if any, advocates on their behalf due to their low social status in Salem. So they picked people that... At first. At first, that were just kind of like low-hanging fruit, people that didn't have a lot of support, poor probably, that kind of stuff. But then eventually it became people that had really good land. Uh, yeah. Uh, during their trial, Tatuba confessed as well as turning in the other two women. But she was supposedly beaten into that confession. Well, I by mean, Sam, by Samuel. I mean, we know that false confessions happen today. I mean, it's it's difficult. Well, also there might have been other reasons why some of these women confessed to it. Um, there was very high moral standards of the day. And if these women, uh, I, this is a family show, so I'm going to say if these women had desires outside of what was allowed in the Bible, mm-hmm. that uh, they felt that the devil was in them. So, it, yeah, I gotcha. So they were kind of tricked into this almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can go on and on about the trials. To me, it's just more important that we know why these things happen rather than focus on the details of every court case. Do you agree? I agree, because there were a lot of them. Yeah, and sometimes when I'm going through all of them, it it gets kind of boring. There's too many names, and it's too hard to follow all these, like, who did what to whom kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that information's out there if you're interested. Absolutely. So all in all, 200 people were eventually accused of witchcraft in a little over a year. I mean, that is a lot. I mean, well, and as we heard from Jacob, I mean, it's a small town now. I can only yeah. imagine how small it was then. Yeah, right? Yeah. That so, could have been like half the people. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much if you didn't accuse somebody, you were going to be accused. That's kind of how that snowballs. Yeah. Unfortunately, 19 of them were hung. And one of them, a man by the name of Giles Corey, was pressed to death. Right? Five people died in jail because the accommodations were so bad. And around 80% of those that were jailed or hung were women. Wow. And I will say, we're not going to, I don't go into it um, as far as the ghost stuff goes, but the jail has had a bad reputation. I mean, now it's closed, but the entire, like up until even 20 years ago. Well, it was never meant to house people for that amount of time. Mm -hmm. It was only meant to be like a holding cell until they can get them to Boston. Right. Uh, Yeah, that's, I remember, uh, so I used to tutor at a jail um, in college. um, And I remember they told us the the definition or the difference. You know, jail is where you await trial. Mm -hmm. Prison is where you go once you're convicted. So we always had to be really careful when we were at the jail. Like we couldn't ask them why they were there or like assume, but did you want to know guilt? why they were there? Of course. Of well, course. Or well, <laughs> maybe or not. not. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of the people that were convicted were convicted using spectral evidence, which was evidence that was based upon dreams and visions. Okay, so it's like I had a dream that she was worshiping. Yeah. Satan. Or so whatever. she was then. Oh. Um, and also there was like, people would say that. 
um, somebody came to them and told them, but this person's invisible, that nobody else could see them but them. I mean, it's not, it's funny, but it's not funny because it ended in people dying. Yeah. And as bad as Cotton Mather was, uh, which he was pretty bad as far as this goes, he did a lot, actually. If you look him up, he did a lot for science, even. Yeah, I remember studying him in school. Yeah. um, But he wrote a pamphlet about how this was not a good source of evidence. But it didn't get published until after the last trial. Thanks, Cotton. Yeah, thanks, Cotton. After the trials, Tatuba remained in jail because Samuel Paris refused to pay her jail fees. And in April of 1693, Tatuba was sold to an unknown person for the price of her jail fees. Wow. So she did get out. She didn't she did get, get killed. Out. So that's yeah. good. And she was the first accused, too. I mean, she was obviously, (laughs) she got out to go to more slavery, but, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although the last trial was held in May of 1693, public response to the events continued. In the decades following the trials, survivors and family members and their supporters sought to establish the innocence of the individuals who were convicted and to gain compensation. In the following centuries, the descendants of those unjustly accused and condemned have sought to honor their memories. Events in Salem and Danvers, which is basically Salem, mm-hmm. um, in 1992 were used to commemorate the trials. In November 2001, years after the celebration of the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Massachusetts legislatures... Um, passed an act exonerating all who had been convicted and naming each of them innocent. Wow, it took a long time. Yeah, it did, definitely. But glad they did it. Yeah, I, you know, I really struggle with Salem because um, when I was there, I went to uh, the Gallo Hill mm-hmm. where supposedly these women were hung. Um, I, I don't know if they can actually say for sure that that was the spot. Mm-hmm. But there was like a like an amusement park there at that time. Oh wow. Yeah. Or it was like a carnival or something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I just happened at the wrong time. But it was like, are you celebrating this? Well, I mean, if it was the place to that they have in the town to do it. I mean, I guess in some ways, you know, you have to move on. You can't just, you know, leave and live in that forever. But yeah, that seems a bit weird. Yeah, but you should show some remorse at least. Yeah. Even though it wasn't the people that live there now and it wasn't their even great-great-grandfathers. Yeah. But still, it's just, I don't know, something doesn't sit right with me about that whole situation. Hmm. But I would definitely love to go back to Salem. Um, When I was there, as I said in Jacob Mayfield's interview, uh, I didn't make reservations because (laughs) I just thought, meh, I could find a hotel. And I traveled from Salem to Boston, could not find a hotel anywhere. So eventually just went home. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I definitely would like to go out there uh, for sure. Yeah, maybe a ghostly tour. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Do you have anything to add to the history? Uh, I have some things, but they're going to be part of my ghost story. So we're going to save those. Awesome. Uh, Well, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get to the debate.
Hey, listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic? Or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle. It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear. It's time for a debate. Let's do it. All right. All right. So uh, Salem is a haunted place with a lot of ghost stories. Uh, I debate that. (laughs) Well, not all of them, though, are related to the witch trials. You know, it is an old, old, old town um, on the the East Coast by the ocean. Um, So there's a lot of of really interesting stories. Um, But I've tried my best to narrow down to some of the top stories that are related to the trials. But I certainly... I'm not able to get to all of them. So if you have a favorite and I don't get to it, I apologize. (laughs) I tried my best. Uh, So I'm going to start off with the Joshua Ward house. Okay. It has three different ghosts and is often considered the most Salem, the most, and is often considered the most haunted place in Salem. Wow. So like Salem then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. So first, a little bit of history about the ho- house and the land. Mm-hmm. It was built in the 18th century, 1784. Um, it's actually not open to the public. Oh, okay. It's actually, um, it has like businesses in it, like a realtor and hmm. some other things. Um, so Joshua Ward is a wealthy, he was a wealthy sea merchant. And it was one of the first houses to be built in the town entirely out of bricks. So people really liked it. George Washington liked this estate. Mm. Um, over the years, they had a lot of different ideas of, um, you know, like the, it almost got turned into a hotel or different things. But, you know, eventually it did turn into just a, a place that houses several businesses. Um, but here's our connection to Salem Witch Trials. The land where this house is built mm-hmm was the land once owned by George Corwin, the high sheriff during the witch trials. So I have something to say about him real quick. Please do. So first of all, he benefited from the witch trials because the properties would be seized by him and owned by him. I I put that in here. But also when the women and some men were in the prison, they would be charged for meals 
and charged for like turning over their bed once a week, like putting new straw on their. Like you're staying at a hotel, basically. Exactly. Wow. And if you wanted to eat, you had to pay money. That's crazy. So if you didn't have money, you would not get to eat. Which, oh, wow. Just, yeah. he was not a good man. People no. did not like him. Uh, he was, he became sheriff at 25. Um, and they think maybe it was kind of like a nepotism thing, you oh. know, something. Um, so he was a big leader in finding and accusing people of being witches. And as you mentioned, he would then later confiscate their property. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not a good guy. Um, so the first ghost at in the Joshua Ward um, house is the Joshua Ward Strangler. And many people think this is the ghost of George Corwin. Okay. So people report feeling as if they were being choked while there. Um, all of the incidents happen on the second floor. Uh, one victim recounts this sensation in the book Ghostly Haunts, describing it as if someone was holding his throat and squeezing, um, but there was nobody else there. Hmm. So what do you think? Well, uh, you said that this house was built in the... Um Built in the 18th century, you said 1784. Right. So I'm assuming that it wasn't built with air conditioning then, right? No, I don't know. If, I, I would imagine it's been updated for air conditioning since Probably. then. Probably. It might, might have window units or yeah. something. Um, but also the second floor is the floor that would be the hottest, right? Because heat rises. I don't know. I don't know how many stories it is. Well, but heat rises. So the first, it would be hotter than the first floor. Potentially. So I'm just thinking that these people um, felt this way because of like heat exhaustion. Okay. So are you going to tell me? It's like a microclimate. <laughs> it's definitely a microclimate. Okay. So, okay. I want us all to think about a time when you've been in a building and you've been hot. Does it feel like someone has their hands around your neck and is just Sometimes you? for me. Yeah. And, um, but you're going to tell me that that make, that makes less sense than a ghost of a <laughs> strangler is there. I mean, you know, it's a lot of, a mm. lot of, a lot of bad energy, a lot of bad energy on that property. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to rate this one a zero. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this one a, a, a seven. A seven. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. The next ghost reported at the Joshua Ward uh, house is that of Giles Corey. Oh, the man that was pressed. Yes. So, uh, again, trigger warning with this one. Kind of. Uh, but Giles Corey is uh, known as the only person convicted of being a warlock. Uh, I don't like that term. So a warlock. A male witch. No. <laughs> a warlock is not a male witch. Okay. A male witch is a witch. So a warlock, actually, the exact translation of it is a betrayer. <gasps> so did he betray his friends? I don't know. What? Well, that's what that means. Okay. Well, for whatever reason, they decided like, there were other men convicted of being witches. He was the only one convicted of being a warlock. Okay. Very well, weird. I don't like that word. Okay. Well, his wife was actually first named as a witch and convicted and killed. This was his second wife that this happened to, but it, it, we'll get to more of that later. Well, a lot of times they would convict the whole family then. Exactly. Yeah. So then later he, you know, when he spoke up about everything, you know, so then he was named. He initially confessed 
probably due to torture, uh, but later recanted his confession. He was the first person, maybe the only person in the state to be pressed to death with um, like a stone. It was not good. And he was actually, um, he was not convicted. He was um, tried, but they did not find him guilty necessarily. Oh, but maybe people just kind of, they just did it, right? Well, that's why they pressed him instead of uh, hung hung him. Yeah, it was just kind of like a mob thing. It was very weird. Uh, And now before this happened, um, he cursed uh, Sheriff Corwin. Um, and Sheriff Corwin died only a few years later of a heart attack at the age of 30. Hmm. So he, he got all those riches, but didn't live very long to uh, use them. Uh, so many pe- current people who work at the house blame Giles for paranormal activity. Now, many of the paranormal activity claims that they have, I'm going to say, could be debunked. Right. I mean, maybe not, but chill in the air, microclimate, microclimate uh, books <laughs> falling off the shelves on their own. Another microclimate. It could be uh, candles melting without being lit. Uh, microclimate, right? Like like sun, yeah. the sun coming mm-hmm. through. It right. Could, yeah. Okay. But, but, but the claim is that the candles, they consistently melt in the shape of an S and they believe that the S stands for sheriff. And Giles Corey is seeking retribution from the sheriff. Hmm. So candles melting, but in the shape of an S. Yeah, I don't. I've I didn't see any pictures of him. Did you? I did not. Yeah, I don't know what that would look like. I don't know how much it looked like an S. Yeah, sometimes, good question. Sometimes when candles um, burn down, they can deform a little bit because of the heat from the top of the candle, you know, dripping down. So I don't know. I, I I would really need to see a picture of it. Yeah, I was not. I I did not find anything um, for that. Uh, if anyone has anything, let me know. And why doesn't the S stand for Superman? <laughs> it could be like countless other things. So I mean, it I, could be a different ghost. That's true. I do not believe that this directly corresponds with the witch trials then. <laughs> so in other words, this does not prove the witch trials caused this. Okay, so you're giving it a zero, I presume? I'm going to give it a one because oh. I, I can't see the evidence. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to give this one a five. Okay. Again, it feels a little, like you said, I couldn't find a picture and I wasn't quite sure exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So one more last ghost mm-hmm. at this house. And this one is with a photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the witch of Joshua Ward house. So supposedly one of the women wrongly accused and killed in the trials as this is who they think this is. So in 1981, Carlson Realty, one of the businesses that is in the Joshua Ward house, hosted a company-wide Christmas party uh, with so many festivities going on, a co-worker decided to take some Polaroid pictures of the scene to save as mementos. He snapped a quick picture of a co-worker in front of some decorations at the party, but when the picture developed, the light-haired co-worker was not in the photograph. Instead, in the grainy image was an extremely pale woman with a head full of dark curly hair. Not at all the coworker who he was trying to take a photo of. So Pat, I did share the photo with you. Like 10 minutes ago. 
well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's what we got. Yeah. Um, what do you think? So it's first, super creepy, by the way. <laughs> it is super creepy looking, but uh, first of all, it looks like a mannequin almost. I don't even know. This is the weirdest ghost photo I've seen. Well, the face is very expressionless. It looks blurred a little bit. And when there's blurring, I, I often think that it could be some kind of um, overexposure or something like that, which would explain why the light-haired girl is now dark-haired girl because the camera malfunctioned in some kind of way by like overexposing it or something to that effect. Or it could be a superimposed image combined with her image. That would cause the blurriness as well. Yeah, I don't know enough about Polaroids. I mean, I, I, I'm old enough to have taken Polaroids in my life. Yeah, they were often blurry. Yes, but not like this. Oh, my gosh. Very creepy looking. I'm going to be honest. It is very creepy looking, but it doesn't mean that it's not something that could be explained. Uh, to me, I mean, it looks like something happened to the camera, like... Like it's got this negative effect to it. I don't know. I to me, it looks like a, like a ghost photo. It really does. Um, okay. But anyways, we'll have it, of course, on our show notes. So go check it out at ghostlypodcast dot com. Take a look for yourselves. Um, so what's your rating for zero. this one? A zero. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving that one an eight. Wow. Super creepy. You went really high on that. Yes. One. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, let's move away from the Joshua Ward house um, and you. yeah, to a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about Burying Point Cemetery, or also known as Charter Street Cemetery. Okay. There are several cemeteries in the area. Um, this one was laid out in 1637. It's one of the oldest in the U.S. Um, and the earliest headstone is dated 1683, and the last in 1881. Okay. Um, it was actually originally a private cemetery owned by like a family mm-hmm. and then they opened it up. Um, so some, some people that are buried in this cemetery, we have judge John Hawthorne, which is who uh, Jacob spoke about. He did that. Nate, yeah. this was Nathan Hawthorne's grandfather, some uh, uncle, yeah. some sort of relative that he distanced himself from. He was the one that presided over many of the trials and never, ever, ever, like said publicly like that he regretted what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's also another judge, Bartholomew Gedney, um, that was at the trials, and the wife of Giles Corey, Mary Corey. Hmm. Mary was the first wife of Giles and not one of the ones killed by the trials. Okay. Okay, but related to Giles. Um, None of the people convicted and killed of being a witch were allowed a Christian burial. Hmm. So, sorry, uh, trigger warning here, a little gross. Uh, they were originally buried in mass graves, um, maybe burned. There were some, uh, but uh, those that were in the mass graves, um, some believe that some of the family did like go and like retrieve the bodies and then like rebury them. Okay. Appropriately. Um, anyway, so that's the story of the cemetery. 
Um, and I just want to do a quick little mention here because this is a story Jacob told us because um, he visited this cemetery and it's not necessarily paranormal, but a little weird. There is a grave there um, of someone who it literally says on the gravestone was killed by lightning and it's under a tree that itself has been struck by lightning several times over the years. Wow. Um, so very weird. Uh, but Don't not- they say lightning never strikes twice? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, but I, I couldn't. I bet that's the highest point. That was kind of what I thought. Yeah. You know, maybe it's the only tree in the whole area, you know, in that yeah. area. Um, and I again, I couldn't find a ton of evidence about exactly when these other lightning strikes had supposedly happened. So, um, and it's not related to the Salem witch trials. Uh, but I thought it was a cool story. Okay. Okay. So several ghosts are seen in um, in this cemetery. Um, but one of the ones that has been seen with the greatest frequency is a lady in white. Of course. Of course. Of course, lady in white. Um, she seems to be a bit camera shy. There's not a lot of photographic evidence of her manifestations. Normally, it's um, like orbs. Okay. So um, now I will say this article. I so was just- orbs and the lady in white all in one story for me. This is what I'm saying. Um, so supposedly there was... Uh, an image captured of her, but I I couldn't find it. It's mm. one of those where there are just reports of it. Um, and the theory of who the lady in white is is that she is Mary Corey, which was not directly related to the witch trials. Other than she's related to Giles, but she's not directly part- related. She's kind of like a secondary thing that happened before yes. the trials. Um. Well, I mean, first of all, um, I don't know why people would see a lady in white, but I can definitely say that the orbs would be uh, some kind of camera malfunction. I, I hate to keep saying those words together, but that's to me what orbs are. Orbs are that a camera is capturing one moment in time, and that one moment in time might have a reflection from some light, might have a bug that uh, is blurred out, which would look like an orb. Uh, It may have, you know, something else. It doesn't have to be that this is a, um, this is necessarily a ghost. And I don't know who first started this, that orbs are ghosts. I mean, to me, they have nothing to do with ghosts. Um, But anyways, uh, so... I disagree with the orb idea. The lady in white, uh, I don't know. Um, in a cemetery, maybe they see some kind of reflection off of another headstone or something like that, or it appears to be that or something. I don't know. Since there is no photographic evidence, uh, I I really can't say. And this one, I'm going to give a zero to because I don't like that orbs are in it. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'm actually going to give this one a four. Wow. You even went low on this I one. I did because I'm going to be honest. I did. I searched. I searched and I searched. And I'm not saying that there's no photographic evidence of it, but I could not find it. I think it's just an old wives tale or something. I mean, it seems like a spooky cemetery, but yeah. you know, yeah, can't really go. Not oh. every cemetery is haunted, people. People say they feel weird in it. I don't know. Well, whatever that means. you feel weird when you're around the remains of loved ones, usually. Yeah, that could be. All right. So our last one is at the Hawthorne Hotel. 
built in 1925. It was named after Nathaniel Hawthorne, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite authors. He has not always been. I'm going to try not to nerd out too much here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but he wrote The Scarlet Letter, which I'm sure most of us read in yep, high school. Definitely. Um, House of the Seven Gables, um, Young Goodman Brown, Rappuccini's Daughter, The Birthmark, I Could Go On. Mm. Uh, the, here's the thing about Hawthorne. He's a romantic writer. Now, not romantic in the sense of like he writes love stories, but in the sense that he sets a mood. And I have to say, I reread the scarlet letter in grad school and i got such a much better appreciation for that book i mean the thing about the romantics is you really just have to let yourself sit in the words and it's difficult but it is actually one of the most feminist stories (laughs) like and he was so Mm. anti um puritanism Wow. Because of, I think, you know, what he grew up with in Salem and his family and all of that. Okay. Um, anyways, if you haven't read Hawthorne in a while, consider taking a listen or taking a read. Um, okay. So um, this uh, place was supposedly built um, on land that was owned by Bridget Bishop who was one of those I read, they say the first accused and killed, which I don't know about. She wasn't the first accused. But, but yeah, the first killed. Yes. Um, and uh, so here's the thing. In this hotel, visitors report smelling apples throughout the hotel. It's like a little sweet smell, apple mm-hmm. smell. And Bridget had grown apples on this land. Um, but there are now no more apple trees anywhere nearby. But people still smell the apples. Okay, well, I wonder if uh, any of the wood in the hotel is from apple trees. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so either, but you never know. And also, too, I wonder if it's the hotel that uses that kind of fragrance. It's a pleasant smell. And you're up in New England. You know, you, I mean, think of apples. Mm. So, I don't know. I Just smelling apples, that doesn't mean anything to me. There's a lot of different reasons why people could smell apples. What if there's a guest that stays there that loves apples? Well, but it's consistent. And over the years, people have smelled this. I didn't smell it. (laughs) You weren't there. No, I wasn't. But I didn't (laughs) smell it, though. So what's your rating? I'm going to give this one a zero. Uh, To me, the smell of apples throughout a hotel does not say paranormal. It says it could be other things. All right. I am going to say paranormal. I am going to say this one's a seven. Um, it, uh, you know, to me, this, this, this woman in particular kind of shows up in a few stories uh, and um, definitely seems like her spirit kind of lingered on. So what about if they used la- um, apple in the lacquer? But it's not constant. It's not like... You, you told me it was constant. N- no. So it was, it, meaning it was... Um, Like it's throughout the hotel. Like there's not like just one floor or one room, but it's not like a every moment of every day you smell it. Like it's well, that sounds like a delightful add on to a house. (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad thing compared to many paranormal things. I'd rather it smell like apple than bo. Let me just say that it sounds pleasant. You know, yeah, it's a nice haunting. I don't know. All right. So what was your rating on that? Uh, seven. Seven. So what's your overall rating? Okay. So my uh, my overall rating for Salem, that the Salem witch trials led to Salem being haunted, 
is a seven. Is a seven. That's pretty solid. It is pretty solid. I know I'm going a little higher than my scores would make you think. Um, but I really do think when such a horrific thing happened and kind of scarred a community, scarred a town, it doesn't surprise me. Scarred a nation. Scarred a nation. That it, Although uh, we were the colonies at the time, we weren't. Yes. But anyways. But still yeah. continues. Um, I really do think it draws a lot of energy to, to a location. Uh, I'm going to give it a one because I know that there's a lot more stories out there that we didn't cover and I have not been able to debate. So I'm going to give it a one just just because. I I mean, do you want to debate the other stories? I know this episode could go on forever (laughs) if we wanted it to. At some point, I would love to do that. (laughs) But not today. No, not today. (laughs) All right. All right. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time, and we will time each other on our cell phones because Rebecca lies sometimes. I do not. (laughs) So, Rebecca, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. And go. All right. So, uh, Salem is a haunted place. Um, You know, it's hard because I know there's so much going on there, tourists, tourism wise and and all of that. But it hasn't always been that way yet. The stories of hauntings have happened, um, honestly, since even right after the trials themselves, Um, though, that was a little little still falling into the Puritan thing. So I I didn't go too into that. But, um, you know, there there's just an energy there. Lots of horrific things happen there. And I, there's just no way in my mind that some of that energy isn't still there. And in these people who lived through such horrible things, the people who perpetrated such horrible acts, um, you know, they, I don't, I don't, they did not die well. <laughs> uh, and to me, um, there's just no way that there, that energy isn't still uh, around. All right. You finished early. I did. All right. And are you ready, I am ready. Okay. And go. I understand the history of the Salem Witch Trials, and I feel really bad that that a place in, in America did this. But that does not mean that I believe it's haunted. I believe that people that believe it's haunted because of this are putting their want and desire, kind of like a revenge kind of thing. We're kind of hoping that it is because we want some kind of, I don't know, way of way of saying that it was okay, way of saying that they're, they're still all right. I don't believe it's haunted. I don't believe that any of these places, just because our want is there, makes it haunted. Hmm. Okay. All right. Now, you know what? I just realized that we never explicitly said, but I I would just like to say really quick. Yes. We do not believe that any of these women were witches. No. (laughs) Neither of us believe that. No one listening should believe that. There was no devil there. These women were not witches. It was all you know, a snowball effect of these girls and the town and this, and as you said, and Cotton the time. Mather, yeah. the time, um, you know, again, what we are talking about is that horrific thing that happened has that led to hauntings. Yeah. So it's just called the witch trials. Exactly. And I, you know, anybody that did something that was outside of the Christian church of the day, which was very Puritan. So meaning that 
they were very literal in their translation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Anybody that did something that was outside of that was considered to be a witch. Mm -hmm. Or like if you were gay, you were a witch. Well, sure. Or, but I mean, it doesn't even have to be that extreme. And it could just be that somebody wanted your property or you, they thought yeah. you looked at them wrong. Absolutely. I mean, lots of things. So I'm sorry to, to keep us from closing here, but I, I just wanted to make sure that we had that in there. Well, everybody, I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you didn't already uh, or the follow button or whatever button it would mean that you would be receiving episode smash updates. Smash it. Smash that subscribe button on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, I really want to thank Jacob for coming back on the show. He is such a positive light in our show, and I enjoy listening to him. Uh, he is a great storyteller, and he is great at what he does. Please make sure that you enter his contest. Yes, make sure you find him, Mayfield Magic, on Instagram. Follow him, find the ghostly post, like it, and give a comment, and then yes. you'll be entered. And if you're not on Instagram... Uh, consider maybe maybe asking him for a reading. He does offer these 20-minute mm -hmm. readings um, at, a, am sure, a very reasonable price. Absolutely. Just go to his website, Mayfield Magic. Yeah, he's, he's just overall a great guy, and I'm just, I'm just really grateful that he is, uh, that he's a friend of our show. Yeah, he's a friend of Ghostly, and we are grateful for it. Uh, he had mentioned that he might be at Elgin Fringe Fest and we might be at Elgin Fringe Fest. So I would love to see him and hang out with him again. Yep. It was such a great time seeing him the first time. Yeah, and we'll give out more details about that uh, in the coming months. But uh, if you're in the Chicago area. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we will be talking about spiritual photography in our next episode that comes out on July 7th. Spirit photography. Now, what what do you consider to be spirit photography? So I was thinking about that. We have to be careful about that because so there's a lot of pictures like the one we were just discussing today yeah. that mm -hmm. is like a picture of a ghost. But I think spirit photography or spiritual photography is more on purpose. Oh, okay. I, in my mind, I, I got to do more research. Yeah. We're not there yet. But my thought was that it's more like someone is is like they would they take a picture with the purpose of trying to get a picture of a spirit mm, yeah and there's a lot of forms of that but we'll see we'll we'll see all right we definitely will uh until next time make sure that you stay spooked folks <laughs> and stay ghostly bye <laughs>